Deconstructions. We're on episode 77, and I want to thank all the Peg fans. We're at 1,800 listens on multiple platforms, including Spotify and Apple, Anchor, and um, Radio Public. So, this episode, Peg dives deeper into S&M, takes my Damo ways, and uh, as I said before, when I created Josephine Electric, who is the lead singer of Phantom Electric Ghost, the initial impressions I got from fans um, was that she seemed to be a dominatrix. And then I started to double down on that idea in a lot of the songs. Um, the songs from Indigo Menace, our second album, it's available on uh, Amazon.com. There are tracks that kind of go into that idea. Um, and, you know, it's hard to talk about tracks when <laughs> the album is um, out of print to a certain extent. Um, at least the download version is out of print. But we do have um, the, the electronic download version um, in our mastering files. So what we've said to people is if they subscribe to Family Liquid Ghost, that we can provide you 
with um, a copy, either as a download or we can send you the Amazon version of the album, which still is being sold, but the download versions don't exist except for my original masters, which then I can send to you through Google Drive uh, through the email. But diving more into what this song is, is, um, you know, Josephine, you know, is playing her role as as a um, S&M princess or queen, and uh, she, she kind of, you know, loves that role. Uh, in that she really finds her voice in these kind of sessions where she describes herself being the dominant actor uh, and in control of the situation. A lot of what we've done with these songs, this song um, uses our hardware workflow. We don't use a DAW. Uh, We typically have been from the beginning using the Arteria Beatstep Pro with a JDXI and the drum machines embedded in the JDXI <clears throat> to create rhythms. This particular song has a EDM kind of trance rhythm being done through the Arteria Beatstep Pro in chain mode. And um, we let that play out onto our Zoom. And then on top of it, we've been uh, experimenting with our Moog Mother 32 which we have in a Euro rack, where we have it connected to a make noise math utility module. And um, you can see a lot of uh, good information on the maths from Lollipop and other people who have uh, reviewed it on the net. But I think Lollipop's best, uh, is one of the best tutorials. He's really detailed, awesome, you know, like a music uh, professional instructor, teacher. He he really guides people and how to use a lot of cool hardware synth technology from sequencers to synths. And I appreciate his uh, analysis of uh, anything he looks at from the grandmother to, um, you know, lately he looked at the Squar Pyramid sequencer in like an hour long session. He's very awesome. Um, And... um, in this regard, the math utility module really can affect uh, any any kind of your rack or any modular synth that you bring a signal into. And we've been able to use it to really um, mold and shape the Mother 32 sound, which is surprisingly big for one a single oscillator synth. Um, we believe that when we Combine it with the, the sum capabilities of the maths module, we can we make it a lot fatter. Uh, running it through a digital delay on the MX1 performance mixer makes it fatter. Uh, playing with the CV on it uh, alters the signal path that makes it. You can kind of fake out a Mother 32 to sound like it has three oscillators. Um, and so we've been playing with that and, and, and deepening the sound. And, play, and, and a lot of what we did in this track is actually play with the filters and play with the knob per function capability of the Mother 32 live as we recorded it. And um, that's where you see a significant change in the, in the sound of the Mother from the beginning to the end of the song. In addition, <coughs> we have some modulation percussive sounds coming from a, a, a drummer from another Mother. 
And as always, we've been using our current setup for Josephine has been studio electronics microphone um, connected to uh, a VTO3 vocal transformer. And this time we actually used the MX1 mixer with all the effects turned on because um, it actually can have multiple effects applied to a, to a channel. So we have all the effects applied um, to her voice and it does significantly alter it in a way. We've been playing with Josephine's voice for years, uh, doing all kinds of things to it to um, you know, make it extremely female sounding, which is our goal. Uh, we've had a lot of situations where, you know, the the proof of our our development on her voice has been that people have, you know, contacted us and thought that Josephine is an, a female, you know, that she is real. They, 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 they approach her and they send an email to her. Now, I actually have an email set up, uh, josephineelectric at gmail.com. And when artists and producers approach me, Sometimes they, they talk to her. Now, on my Instagram and on my uh, social media, I indicate that I am a producer and Josephine is a, um, you know, creation of manifestation of my, my concept. She is a, you know, like the gorilla. She's a you know, created character for this band of phantoms. But that shows you sometimes people don't read <laughs> your profile before they contact you. So, you know, that does happen a couple of times um, where that we've been approached. We've actually been invited to London as Josephine um, to go to some shows and things. So I think that that kind of is is kind of cool uh, if you think about it. But you got to control that to a certain degree because you don't want to misrepresent yourself. But uh, we've been pretty clear that you know Josephine is 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 me. You know, through my um, sonic explorations. And um, I'm not sure if um, some folks uh, don't appreciate the dominatrix um, side of Josephine. Uh, maybe they like her more uh, psychedelic or less like uh, rough t um, tracks. But we've been in that mode again. You know, we go into it from time to time. We, we've sometimes, you know, focused on melancholia because of our... Uh, Situation we had in the last year, we lost, you know, I lost my father to Alzheimer's. I lost my uh, parakeet. She died at old age, vanity, rest in peace. And um, lost my, uh, a, a, a true friend, my brother, my brother's first wife. Um, she died from MS. And then I lost the relationship I had um, with the great uh, electronic artist, uh, All Control K. So, I mean, had a lot of losses stacking up. Uh, a lot of things they learned, and um, you know, when you live life, you, you get to you know middle age. You know, at age fifty one, a lot of things happen. I've learned a lot of things, still learning all the time. Uh, you know, it's just hard when you're an artist. Sometimes when you're writing music, um, and you 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 work with somebody, sometimes you can uh, feel the passion of that music that you're creating. Kind of feel that it also um, implies that there's passion between you and the other co-creator and that sometimes is not the case. It's, just, it's all about the music and, you know, you can fall into that trap and uh, that's happened to me a couple of times. So trying to move forward with all the things I do, 
um, all the work I've been doing lately and just keep it strictly musical and business oriented. But you know, you can't control your heart in the, <laughs> in the future. I, I, I tap into that again and apologize in, in advance. Um, but you know, it's all really about the music and, and the passion that gets into that. And, uh, you know, you can, you can legitimately really feel for somebody that you're working with and you just got to deal with it straight up and just tell people what it is. I think that in the future is the way to go is just to be really honest about your feelings. And if somebody doesn't, you know, like that or feels pressured by that, then you got to move on. Um, as we indicated on the um, actual description of this episode, if you subscribe to our podcast on Anchor FM at the four ninety nine or nine ninety nine level, we can provide you with download um, files from our, one of our first three albums. that are on Amazon.com, but no longer on download uh, services or streaming services. These are something wicked, Sandstiger, Sweet New York, Soul Surrender, Surrender, and Indigo Menace. We are looking forward to getting our OPZ from Teenage Engineering. Uh, we're going to start our series of product reviews with when we receive that. Even though we've got a lot of gear we could uh, review, we're going to start with that one um, in our Studio B using our um, tripod and our new Apple iPhone um, XS Max. XS Max. Um, so we're going to try that. We're working on getting uh, the 3.0 version of the Phantom Outfit, which will focus on a Phantom of the Opera kind of half mask um, to make it better for performance sake. Uh, we're also working toward getting a Roland AX Synth, AX Edge Synth. Um, we're looking forward to doing some more Facebook Live performances. We've been heavily recording this year. Uh, working on the Dark Ghost concept album, working on a bunch of other ideas that have been uh, releases on Fanburst and SoundCloud. And we've got multiple single, many, many single releases on all the streaming platforms. Uh, We've been consistently putting out singles almost every week for the last couple months. Some of those songs have turned into what is the collection of Dark Ghost, which is the concept we are working with, turnerbell.com, which is a follow-up um, really to the first three family electric ghost albums. Uh, and, uh, it's a, it's a monster album of multiple configurations, but the, the, probably the most stable configuration is on SoundCloud that you can find. Um, and we're working on trying to get the physical copy. The sh- we may shift the playlist here and there. Um, we've got a couple versions of what the playlist should be for that record. It's a pretty ambitious album. It's a, like a two hour album. Um, it's a little extreme, but we've always been extreme. Uh, and, uh, we've got other albums that are shorter that we, uh, can put out. Um, but this is our kind of our big statement of our artistic, uh, intent to create expansive sound, which is, you know, a merging of many styles of music, not just electronic or trance, but progressive rock, um, rock, you know, traditional rock, singer songwriting. Um, an indie kind of lo-fi alternative uh, in the tradition of uh, bands like Big Star, Alex Jones, Big Star, and uh, Lou Reed, Velvet Underground. Uh, that's kind of where we're coming from with our the way we like to write music. And um, 
we thank all the fans. As again, we've we've got over uh, seventy five thousand listens on SoundCloud, almost thirty eight thousand on Fanburst, five thousand fans on Facebook, eighteen hundred listeners on Anchor FM. So you know we're doing pretty well. We got about eighteen hundred on Twitter. Uh, we've been trying to talk to a lot of different um, um, uh, record labels. Uh, and we've had some indie record labels that have been interested in what we're doing. Uh, but we've been highly independent most of our career because we like to put out a lot of content just because that's what we do. Um, we're thinking if we work with a record label, they probably put the, put the um, <laughs> kibosh on that and kind of stop it. Um, but we are open to trying to get our music out further. And we've been many years running indie operation if we can get out there in a different way we're open to it to a certain extent uh, we have primarily been focused in this year on acquiring more recording tools and we're still in that vein with our OPZ coming and then um, the ability to um, have um, the Roland Axe Edge as a, as a kind of showmanship uh, performance tool we're highly looking at we've got our Desert Island um, Dream Sense of the Moog One and the Prophet XL, uh, more realistic in our vision for the next sense that we're looking at, or the System Eight and um, the Moog uh, Grandmother, and we're really hoping that Moog puts out the Subharmonicon, uh, which they had at the Moog Fest this year. We think that's a revelation in synthesis. Uh, it has a very interesting sequencer. Lollipop reviewed it. It's a very awesome. Also, we've got a shout out to Cuckoo, who has done an awesome job on explaining how the OPZ works. And this shifting back to the OPZ, there was a really cool unboxing video on YouTube that shows how easy it is to open up the OPZ. And then when you open up the OPZ, you find that there's an um, external, well, internal module that can be uh, um, updated by just popping it in and out. And the first module looks like a CV implementation so you could connect the OPZ directly to modular Euroracks, which is awesome. In addition, there was a little, um, in that same area, the module that's in there that's kind of like a placeholder module had these little um, little arms or legs for uh, an iPhone. So in the current OPZ, there's like four little uh, like Lego-like um uh, external inputs or outputs, like section for the interface for the for the um, for the future modifications. It's kind of like on a Lego set. Uh, it's got the kind of configuration of the little um, expert builder little rods to kind of have like a four axis on it. Um, and the the inside of the little arms that can hold a cell phone. Uh, as a screen, which is kind of interesting that, that um, Teenage Engineering has not um, really advertised the fact that they have these little arms embedded in the machine, and maybe they were just going to kind of sneak it out when, when the first module came out and tell people, oh yeah, you can open it up and do that. And I, don't, I haven't heard anybody say that it's actually mentioned in the manual. I don't know how far people read the manual. Uh, synthesis sometimes don't read the manual all the way. Um, but it was interesting in that unboxing video 
that the age engineering actually built um, a way to connect your phone. Uh, not exactly connected, but make it so it's actually upright. Um, and that's very cool. It shows the level of thought that they have going into that machine. And I think I'm going to totally talk about that when I get mine um, and show what I'm talking about in the YouTube video that we're going to create. Because we're going to create Fam Like the Ghost and Josephine Electric songs with the OPZ as well as reviewing it. And um, our intention to use the OPZ is for performance and recording. And we're very excited. Uh, we've been told by Sweetwater com it's probably more toward the end of the month of of November that this will come out we're hoping it comes out sooner than that but you know we've been patiently waiting for almost three four years for this thing and uh, we'll see you know what we can do with it we're very excited we think it's going to give us another tool kind of like the way the Arturia um, um, beats the pro really defined a lot of how Phantom Electric Ghost music is constructed. Um, the, this this sequencer is going to be a big uh, kind of, it's going to be a clear defining um, tool in our timeline. That when you see our kind of Arturia beats that Pro created um, music. And it was kind of like when I, I only used my Juno GI and in internal um, um, four-track recorder or multi-track recorder, there was like a certain vibe to what I was doing with that stuff um, before I became Family Electric Ghost. And then when I became Family Electric Ghost, the JDXI um, and the BeatStep Pro became signature uh, tools or, you know, elements of my sound. And uh, what was happened since then is like the Morphogene and the Moog Mother 32 and DFAM have become big elements in our sound. And we think the OPZ is going to bring a different level of sound to our to our capabilities. And then we're hoping in the future when we get a, um, a Moog 1 or Profit, um, any of the Profits, but, you know, the Profit XL would be the, the one we really want. Though a 6 and a Rev 2 are also very enticing. But we think that those um those devices would give us another uh, s signature kind of line in the sand of when we start using it. You'll be able to hear it in our sound. Um, what what that changes our or, or the the way the character of what we do, and that's why we like these hardware sense because they really provide um, a certain vibe to what you're doing. They have a fullness in in their sound. Um, and I understand that a lot of people use the plugins, and I've worked with people that use the plugins on FL Studio and other DAWs. But there has always been something about using my hardware that's drawn my collaborators to work with me because of the hardware sense character. Um, so, you know, that's what we have to say about that. And we'll talk to folks later. Uh, we are going to be interviewing Hydra. And um, we're going to be talking to Araya and, and Synth Girl in the next month. Thanks.